The history of television is a history of failure. For every popular series that lasted years and years, there are dozens that have been almost completely erased by history. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted one season or less. My name is William DeBiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online at Blumhouse.com. Everybody calls me Bibs. I love your shtick. I love your spiel. It's great. I want to get everybody jazz. Like, ooh, Cancel Too Soon just started. Yeah. And here I am to bring the mood down. All right. <laughs> My name is Whitney Seibold. <laughs> that sounds and sad I, now. And I'm sorry. <laughs> My name is Whitney Seibold. I'm a film critic for Crave Online, Blumhouse.com, Legion of Leia, Nerdist.com, and whoever else will hire me. Basically. And, uh, and I'm here as well. I'm also the co-host of the B-Movies podcast, From Whence We Hail. May I, from Whence We Hail. May I suggest uh, from now on, every man, man, no, uh, man's man, woman's man, man's man, man about town? Oh, I don't From uh, Down With Love? No? <laughs> Oh, uh, you know what? Ladies man, man's man, man about town. It's been a long time since I've seen Down With Love. That's your problem, not mine. <laughs> uh, this week on Cancel Too Soon, we are very, 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 very excited uh, because we have a new guest, a wonderful guest uh, who ha- helped us pick this week's particular program. It's also uh, one that we've had a lot of requests for throughout the years. Uh, but first, let's get to know... The, the, the year... <laughs> year, it's been more than a year. So, I guess years, it's been a little over a year. Years with like a, mm. a, a parenthetical around the S. There you go. Years. Anyway, let's not let's not uh, waste any more time. We have the fabulous Miss Movies herself, Brianne Chandler. Hello. Yay. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm Brianne Chandler, also known as Miss Movies. Uh, sometimes I miss movies because I have two kids. Uh, <laughs> but I I watched this show over again just for you guys. And that is no small feat. When, when it's no small feat, and I originally wanted to do Invasion, and then I looked at how many episodes that was, it was like 26, and I was like, forget it guys, yeah, we're yeah. going to do Journeyman. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, we had to uh, spend a good time ramping up for uh, My Mother the Car, which mm-hmm. was, what, like 650,000 episodes? It's 40, like but lot. pretty close, yeah. yeah that's, were, those are two similar numbers. <laughs> it felt like a long time, well, is my point. usually when we do the uh, shows on Cancel Too Soon, sometimes we do pilots, and that only takes a half hour to an hour. Mm. Usually we do shows that typically last around like 12, 13 episodes. That takes the better mm-hmm. part of a week. When you have to do like a 30 episode thing, we really wanted a long lead time, so we took about two months to do that. <laughs> but, you know, we, we want to do longer shows, and that mm. takes time, which is one of the reasons why uh, we really appreciate everybody supporting us on our Patreon account. So, time to do a little uh, little self-pimping. Quick, quick, quick self-pimping. Oh. Uh, uh, hey, everybody. How you doing there? Uh, so uh, we've got uh, we've got a patreon.com slash cancel too soon and you can subscribe and that helps us uh, monetize and we can take more time to actually <laughs> do all the stuff you want us to do as opposed to uh, 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 do all the short stuff um, we do want to get to the long stuff too 
Yeah, but it's really time consuming and it means we can't work. So go to go to <laughs> patreon.com slash cancel too soon and subscribe. Yeah. And so, we have wonderful exclusives. We have exclusive episodes. Uh, we got exclusive videos. Uh, we got merch. We're going to have Google Hangouts pretty soon. Uh, we're working on a book and you're going to get some previews wow. of that. So it's going to be a big deal. You know what also is a big deal is just doing this show and doing your regular jobs. You guys are kind of like Dan in the show Journeyman. I don't know how he actually <laughs> gets any work done. We'll talk about uh, <laughs> we'll talk about this. Okay. I don't think yeah. he does after um, a while. So you may have noticed. I don't know how you guys get all of it done. My, you get it in. Uh, yeah, yeah. So good my, job. Uh, this guy my, is a, this guy is a new kid. I also have a two year old, oh. so yeah, yeah. I, I have no time. I, I, and I, I, I have to work or sleep. So and, it's a, and a, I a I have a cat. Okay. A, a high maintenance cat. A high maintenance cat. <laughs> it's very very true. In, in and out of juvenile hall. It's just a handful yeah. of that cat. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Brian, you've been wonderful, and you've had me on two of your shows. You on have, YouTube, so on you YouTube you have multiple shows uh, as well. So I let's do. not sell yourself short here. I do. I don't know how I find the time to do any of it. I'm like, <laughs> I was thinking on the way over here. I was like, I don't really like to have custom thumbnails for my like YouTube shows, mm. so people when they come onto my YouTube can see the difference between each show. Right, like yeah. right now, you can't. And I was just like, I don't have time for that. I don't know if there'd be anyone that would volunteer their time for that. But if they you know would, what? let me know. If, if you have like an enterprising fan. Who, who, who's you know, willing to reach out to you? Then maybe maybe somebody can maybe, can help you out. Maybe maybe I do. Just know be sure to give people. them plenty of credit. That's right. That's mm. what I need to do. You're Should building up a you're building up a big fan base on the schmodown. Now that you've Am done I? it, well, I think so. You've done a huge <laughs> heel turn recently. Yes. You, you turned villainous oh, on did. the schmodown. Um, I don't that, know how we're supposed to respond. I feel so betrayed. That explains uh, the eye patch. Here's the thing. Um, I know in the schmodown, people have been asked to be heels. I wasn't asked to be a heel. I just mm. did everything naturally to pre- create a performance for the mm. show because, like, it's part performance and part trivia. And so everything that I did, and even at the end when I was finished recording, uh, Christian said, oh, great, we have our first female heel. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be a heel. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm a heel? He's like, everything that you just did is a heel. I was like, all right, well, since I did it on my own naturally, I might as well just do it. I picture Christian now as like a like a Busby Berkeley, old, old-timey old Hollywood producer. It's like looking at you, I see her and I see a heel. And he chops on a cigar. <laughs> You're not far off. <laughs> That's about it, actually. We're going to make you a villain, kid. It's a fun dynamic. Um, so you got that. And so your shows are, you got Film Therapy, which I've been on, which is a fantastic yes. program. Thank you. And I think uh, it's a show in which you and a guest, once it was me, other times it is patient, in other people. I like to call it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you talk about movies that had like an, uh, an important emotional response to them. You, talk, you really get into Correct. the nuts and bolts and that. And I think too often we either talk about the same movies and TV shows over and over again, mm-hmm. like Star Wars. Or, right. or whatever, and we kind of gloss over it's all what made you cry. Level. Now, yeah. when I was a teacher, we would talk about how there's surface-level questions. And, like, if you look at a tree, like, we mm-hmm. have the surface questions about it. Like, what does it look like? Um, who's in it? Like, if we're talking about a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. then we have the trunk of the tree and the roots of the tree. And the roots are, like, why? And mm-hmm. the importance of why we're doing this or why we're reading this or the motivations behind the characters. And I feel like we don't get into the motivations, our motivations, for why we like film mm-hmm. and how it is important in our lives and how it affects us and how certain things I see on screen someone else might be crying about because... 
they had an emotional response to it in a different way. It reflected something in their life. So I think it's important that we are talking about film in a completely different way that you're not going to see anywhere else on the internet. Yeah, yeah. And I felt better after being on your show. Oh, good. I so feel it like I got was film therapy. I thought it was very therapeutic. Yeah, yeah again, too, I don't get to talk about that too often. So mm. we really had a really had a good long cry about uh, Monster Calls, and then we cheered ourselves mm-hmm. up with Step Up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> gotta cheer it back up with that. So step much. Up, it was man. so great. The, the most therapeutic movies for me are always like the most depressing ones. Like mm. I, I, I get catharsis watching like Lars von Trier movies. Like oh, oh I understand. Wow. I understand depression <laughs> much better now. And You're the one. Of, uh, All right. There's certain, and then there's certain things like I went to see The Accountant, and um, I had no idea I'd be crying oh, like a few times during it because I had a student in my class when mm. I was teaching that had autism, and it was mm-hmm. a really difficult year for me as a teacher. Like wow. I really thought I was going to quit teaching because I just didn't have the support that I needed to help this child and Mm. I just felt like I was failing him and failing the rest of the class it just it was a bad it was a bad year um, but anyways, but and yet the accountant can, helped. Yes. Yeah. Well, the accountant <laughs> definitely brought that to the surface, and I was like, great. <laughs> it's a movie that takes somebody who's on the spectrum and turns them into this badass assassin. So yeah, yeah. good times. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you for joining us, mm-hmm. uh, and thank you for your suggestion. A show I had never seen. Mm-hmm. Very excited to finally watch. We had a lot of requests mm. for it, and uh, and I kind of dug. I kind of <laughs> dug it too. But we're we're gonna really delve into Journeyman. What if you could go back? And change the past. Today's date, October 6th. What year? 1987. Journeyman. I think it's Journeyman. Journeyman? Yeah. Adventures of Tom Journeyman? Mm. Uh, oh, uh, the Adventures of Kevin McKidd, who I keep kept wanting I to love call Kevin McKidd. Uh, Thomas Kidd. I kept thinking he was the guy who played uh, young Sherlock Holmes in that movie Young Sherlock Holmes. Oh. Then he looked like, like a little, like, I think yeah. he's, he's too young, but yeah. I think he's a little too young, but like, I could have sworn. I was like, is that young Sherlock Holmes? A movie which I recently discovered no one remembers. Like, people in our the generation remember. Yeah. The, like, movie series. Well, there was only the one. Oh, I'm thinking back to Indiana. Was, uh, I think no. it was called the, the Adventures of Young Sherlock Holmes. Yes. It was the full title. Like Barry and, Levinson yeah. did. And the only thing people know about it is it had the first CGI character mm-hmm. in any movie. There was like a hallucination and a stained glass window. Yeah, with, with a character on it and it stepped out and that was a really cool special effect at the time and that's all anybody ever talks about yeah. with the it was, Sherlock It was Holmes. a well-written movie and mm-hmm. I, I remember being reasonably popular when I was a kid only to find out that no one under the age of 20 has ever sure. heard about it mm-hmm. now. Uh, so... It is lost See to that. I'm older than you, and no, I've never not. heard of it. You're I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Actually, I am older than you. No. But. <laughs> uh, so Journeyman. Journeyman is a time travel television series mm-hmm. uh, that aired on NBC from September 24th 2007 to December 19th, 2007. It wasn't officially canceled until April of 2008. Fun fact, it aired, uh, it debuted on the exact same night as The Big Bang Theory. 
Which is still going. Yeah. And it's still hey. bad. Yeah. And your mom still watches it. Still this. watches she, it. My mom literally does still watch it. Uh, it, 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 it replaced, like, what was the Ted Dan- Becker, the Ted Danson oh. sitcom? Oh, yeah, I forgot which about was, Becker. There was a time in my life that whenever I turned on the TV, somehow an, a rerun of Becker was really? on. Really? Like, it was on in the evening, and then I would come home from my movie theater job, so I'd be at home at, like, 3.30, 4 in the morning, and Becker was on. What was Becker? Was he just some guy named Becker? Was there a premise? Uh, he, is he a reporter? He, I can't remember. He, I, I think he, he was either a doctor or a vet. I don't okay. rightly recall, mm. but he was also like a, a curmudgeon. Mm. And Shawnee yes, Smith was on are. it, and he had a best friend, a best friend in Shawnee Smith, and another best friend, a blind man, and they had merry adventures. Okay. And uh, fun. It, it was. It was. It was the one that everybody watched, but nobody talked about. And I feel that's yeah. where the big, the big Bang Theory is. Like, it's hugely popular, but I don't know anybody who watches I, it. I know people who watch it, but none of them are in the target demographic of the characters who star in that show. Like yeah. no one, no one who stars in the no, none of the characters in the Big Bang Theory would ever watch Big Bang Theory, which right, I think right. is is rather pointed. <laughs> um, so uh, Journeyman, but to Journeyman, Journeyman had an interesting uh, uh, time of it. It was coming off in the sort of post Lost uh, sci fi boom on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, it aired right after the second season of Heroes, which probably seemed like a pretty sweet lead in until people saw the second season of mm-hmm. Heroes and yes. left that series in droves. Uh, it aired at Mondays at 10 p.m., right after Heroes, and uh, at 8 p.m., there was the first season of Chuck, a show which did somewhat oh, better. All right. Uh, so so it, was among, it was around good company. Yes, but it aired opposite CSI Miami and The Bachelor, which was also uh, not a great way to go. Uh, Journeyman was created by Kevin Falls, who wrote one of my favorite erotic thrillers, The Temp. Oh. <laughs> who could forget oh. The Temp? Uh, he also Who forget the temp. He also Who knows worked, the temp. He also worked on the West Wing and two recent uh, canceled too soon series. We'll get to on the show at some point. Mm-hmm. Minority Report and Pitch, which only just got oh, canceled. Yes. Well, P- okay. Pitch is still up in the air. I hear Pitch I hear could be picked oh, up somewhere oh, else. It's a that, pop fly. That was <laughs> I was about to defend myself and say that wasn't a pun, but you brought me back down to earth, and I am humbled. Uh, so, uh, again, Journeyman stars Kevin McKidd as a reporter in San Francisco. His name is Dan Vassar. Mm-hmm. They say it so quickly on the show, it sounds like, if you're going to the kitchen to get a snack, it sounds like they're saying Dan Bastard. Mm, fun. So I kept wanting Dan to call him Dan, Dan Bastard. So it stars Dan Bastard. Stars Dan Bastard as a uh, San Francisco reporter who mm. starts traveling through time for some reason. Yes. Uh, so, Brienne, this was your suggestion. It was. I well, watched it when it was on. Tell me about why you wanted to cover Journeyman so badly. Um, I just remember when I watched it, I was disappointed that it was it was canceled. And I have I constantly go back, like, I don't know, every year. And I'm like, what? I wonder why Journeyman like, was canceled. <laughs> I miss that show. <laughs> and that's it. Like, oh, uh, that yeah. thought will come into my head every so often. Everyone's like got that one. show. You won't revisit. You'll just... <laughs> That was a good one. <laughs> well, it's hard to revisit it because it was hard to get this in yeah. general. Yeah. Like, yeah. you yeah. didn't get it. We had trouble tracking it down. We were able to, thank goodness. But yeah. uh, it, And I think, now that I've seen the show, I think I know why the show isn't yes. readily available on DVD. Oh, okay. It's not because it wasn't good. It's actually quite good. No one knows who really owns it, probably. I, That's usually no, what happens. I think it's, it's the music. If, if, yeah, if you recall, every time mm-hmm. he travels back in time, it's always to the recent past, usually to the 1990s, mm-hmm. and we have a really kick-ass 90s music cue to yeah. let yeah. us know exactly whatever oh. was Whatever was number one on the Billboard charts, like true. the day he mm-hmm. went back, they try to get that song. And that gets expensive after a while, especially for a show mm-hmm. that got canceled really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. You get the DVD, you get the rights to air it once, 
okay, DVD rights are different, and it's one of the okay. reasons why it was really difficult to get Ally McBeal on DVD. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, it's one of the uh, reasons why we never, almost never, didn't never got Heavy Metal, the movie, on DVD. Yeah, it was the, all that uh, music. The, the state had to be extensively remixed, because they were playing just all mm-hmm. MTV hits throughout the background. Mm-hmm. So it took, oh. like... 20 years for that to hit DVD because they had to put new music behind everything. Yeah. When we uh, reviewed Birds of Prey on this series, they had to change the uh, credits music. The actual to, theme song. To yeah. the mm-hmm. lamest opening credits music I've ever heard of a show. <laughs> Speaking of music, though, I love this theme song. I yeah. I bought the theme song. I have it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, who, who composes the theme well, song? Well, I was going to open it because like it says Amanda Ghost and then dot 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 so I'm like uh so I might end up playing it uh, Amanda Ghost and the Rural Amanda Ghost and the Rural Did, do you have any of their records uh, no, are they just like the song. established that one bit they recorded the song then they vanished it was uh, their one I, mean, I don't know they could I'm, be around but yeah. uh, uh, Journeyman had a really cool opening credits bit because it was all shots of San Francisco mm-hmm. and they were all sort of either moving forward in time real slow or moving backward in time. Right. And mm-hmm. it was uh, quite effective, actually. It really sold the premise. This show has a really, really great pilot, I feel. It does. The yeah. pilot is mm. really strong. And then I feel like there's one other episode that like really like mm-hmm. like, kinda, like hit me. Yeah. And then the others kind of fall a little. There's, I mean, I can see now why it was... Canceled, mm. Well, we you know? will we will talk about that as the series goes on. What Let's, I want to know, though, yeah. in the first episode, they reveal their home, and I'm like, okay, San Francisco, mm-hmm. nice, beautiful, Victorian two-story home mm. that's giant, and it looks like mm. it has area around it. It's not. Oh, it's got like a backyard like, yeah, and everything. Yeah. I'm like, he's a what? A newspaper reporter? Yeah, even like, and she. It, in a, it's she a field they acknowledge is dying. Yeah, she's a struggling teacher. We eventually learn. No, she's not. No, a teacher, she's, she's a, a reporter. She was a reporter. All oh, right, she's yeah. a, a she's retired um, reporter. Retired reporter. They're living or, off maybe, of. Maybe she's a stay-at-home mom. Regardless, <laughs> she, she, they're living off of one salary. Yes, and this huge home that does not add up for me. Speaking Even of down, in 2007, that does much not like add the up. film Down with Love, which I'm going to bring up as much as possible on this podcast Great. now. Uh, you might you might recall when Renee Zellweger goes to New York on her little reporter's salary, and they give her. Like a little tiny apartment, and she goes inside, and it's a two-story apartment yeah. with a giant window and a staircase in the middle that revolves and everything. And she yeah. turns around and says, "It's adorable." <laughs> like, uh, this tiny little dinky little yeah, six thousand dollar a month apartment. Yeah, uh, we're just supposed mm-hmm. to accept this. Mm-hmm. I think it's important mm-hmm. that they, he has his own space. I think if he was living in like an apartment complex, a lot of people would notice the bright flashes of light a lot, and they might have written sure. themselves into a corner where that no longer actually makes sense. Because mm-hmm. you want it. Here's the thing: you wanted to be a reporter because it gives him an excuse to snoop. Yes, it gives mm-hmm. him uh, uh, a job that allows him a lot of freedom. He doesn't have to go from nine to five and push the buttons at uh, Spacely Sprackets. Yeah. And, you know, like, it gives him a lot of uh, uh, freedom, but then it does raise a lot of questions. I feel like there should have been some sort of tie-in, like, she she's from money or something yeah. like that. I think that would have yeah. helped. Like, I would have been Inherited like, okay. We, ev- yeah. we eventually meet the extended family, and they all seem pretty posh, so maybe she does come from I know. Money. Maybe. They're all, like, true. They all have, like, the quaffs, and they're talking about fancy vacations. So, like, <laughs> they were going to get to it in be, season yeah. two. Like, we're going on a cruise soon. <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about the cast. Uh, Dan Vassar, the protagonist, played by Kevin McKidd. You know him from Trainspotting, Rome. He's on Star Wars Rebels, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, his wife, Katie, on the show is played by Gretchen Egolf. 
Yes. I think that's Good how you word. pronounce it. Good name. Great name. Uh-huh. Uh, she was on Martial Law and Roswell. Mm-hmm. Uh, before Dan married Katie, he was married to Livia Beale, played by Wait. Moon... Yeah? He wasn't married. Oh, to no, they, they were engaged? They were engaged. They My apologies. Married, yeah. He was engaged to Livia Beale, played by Moon Bloodgood. You know her from Falling Skies, Terminator Salvation. She was also on the Cancel Too Soon series Daybreak, which we have and we'll oh, get to at some point in the oh, future. That, like Groundhog Day sort of yeah, premise. Yeah, really, with I, that and I Terminator, she just loves time travel. I, and yeah. I love time travel, so I get it. There you go. Thank you for traveling back in time. To, to review Journeyman with us. Plus, you said Gretchen Egolf is a great name, but you said nothing about Moon Bloodgood. <laughs> well, I, I know five Moon Bloodgoods. I mean, come on. Uh, Dan's brother, Jack, is played by Reed Diamond, who's been on every TV show ever. He, he looks was, like a soap guy. Doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's played, uh, he's been on Designated Survivor, Homicide Life on the Streets, Dollhouse. He was also in Minority Report and Ooh. Good Girls Revolt, another film, another uh, series you want to do on this show. Um, let's see. Uh, Dan's boss, Hugh Skillen. Oh, I love Hugh He's Skillen. His uh, the actor is Brian Howe. I like Brian Howe a lot. Yeah, I've, I, seen, I've seen him around. He's he, he's got <laughs> he's one of the, that guy. He's, yeah. he's hey, it's that guy. He's got that character actor face. Yeah, yeah. it's like oh, he's probably played a lot of bartenders. Yeah, a bartender yeah. or like a military best friend guys. Yeah. Uh, he's been on Westworld. He was on the Cancel Too Soon series The Cape, which we're also going to do probably sometime this year. Oh, we'll, t- we'll definitely do The Cape. And my favorite role of his is, of course, The Lost Skeleton of Cadavra. Yep. Where he was the guy who... Quiet, a- quiet, you bony jackass. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. A uh, uh, little, little bit of trivia. Hmm. He said, quiet, you bony jackass. It's the reason that film's rated PG and not G. He I, ruined I, it. I talked to the filmmaker, and he's, I said, "Why is this film rated PG?" Is it because one use of the word "jackass"? Yes. Just that was like, it. what's that movie? Ah, I can't think of it. Oh, City of Ember. It's like there's oh. a part where they say the word "sexy," so they have to make it PG. Sexy. Sexy. Yeah. They acknowledge yeah. the existence of sex, and uh, that's it. So, someone expresses sexuality, and that's that's yeah, a big bugaboo. Yeah, no one has sex. Uh, let's see. <laughs> the Vassar brat, Zach, played by <laughs> Vassar brat. It's not his fault. He's just a kid. <laughs> All right, Charles Henry Weissen. He's fine. What's Come he up on. to now? He's uh, ten years older. He actually yeah. doesn't. He doesn't seem to work very much. But at the time, he was a uh, young, or I guess old, curious case of Benjamin Button. The, uh, oh, I guess he's the young version because he like yeah. Oh, okay. He so plays he's... like the seven year old Benjamin Button. Oh, okay. Or like oh, right. seven year old looking Benjamin Button. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also uh, in Spooky Buddies and yes. Treasure Buddies. Okay, I've wow. seen both of okay. those. <laughs> okay, I finally know someone who's seen Spooky Buddies. Does he play Is the it? same character or was he like a stock extra? Same oh, character okay. and uh, mm-hmm. and I think he played the, one of the voices of the Spooky Buddies. Okay. Is it just me or does the dog ghost in Spooky Buddies just look like a big floaty sperm? Like it's oh, just the sort CGI of, dog. It's like just sort of like, dog. look at me and try not to read anything into this. Well, now I'm going to look at it way different. Please do. I like to think that the ghost dog is the spirit of Forrest Whitaker's character from Ghost Dog. Nice. That would be, that been good. Although he lived at the end of that movie, didn't he? I don't remember, actually. Yeah. Everyone watch Ghost Dog and right. tell us if we're wrong. Uh, <laughs> tell us who's right. I think he's alive. It's, Whitney thinks he's it's dead. It's been a long time since I've seen Ghost Dog as well. Uh, I just remember really loving it. So that's the main cast. Uh, there's one other recurring cast member who shows up a few episodes in, and that's uh, Jack's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Jack is a cop. 
uh, who thinks his brother is going insane and gradually starts to realize something's going on. He's dating a doctor named Dr. Teresa Sanchez, played by Liz Sheridan, who's been on several Cancel Too Soon series, including Invasion, oh, I uh, like Freaky Links, which I wanted to do earlier but didn't uh, win our, our Twitter poll, and a show called Legacy. So, good on you. Um, yeah, yeah. So, the shtick with the time travel is um, uh, Dan Bastard cannot, it just happens to him one day. He, he jumps randomly through time. He gets a headache, and, and that's, that's like his only cue. That, yeah, he, like, that like he's he, about to travel like he, through time. He, he wasn't going to like a, a science lab. He he didn't drink some sort of elixir. It just sort of happens. He to wasn't him. bitten by a time yes, traveler. But we learn later, like well, how well, there's that a happens. little bit more of a mechanic kind later of. on. But but even he, that doesn't really tie it all up. He in a goes back True. in time and a la Quantum Leap or Doctor Who, uh, he lands in front of somebody that he just sort of needs to help. Mm-hmm. This the and this is explained to him by Olivia, who is. Also afflicted with the same time travel bug. Yeah, so his, and they leap yes. to the same point, uh, usually in the '90s, but also in the early 2000s. It's never distant mm-hmm. history; it never goes back to like 1430. Yeah, but uh, he has to help someone, and then he jumps back to the present when and he jumps, sees what the effect was. Yeah, gets to see the causality, and then he jumps again randomly to until a, he gets it right a future point in his charge's life. Still in his so, past. Still though. in his own past. So he yeah. kind of gets to see their life in microcosm, and he appears periodically throughout that person's life. Yeah. When he goes back in time, he's also absent from the present for a, a, a finite period. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. go back to the second he left. So, yeah. I think that's kind of the interesting part about this, is like he's gone for the exact amount of time that he is yeah, gone so, for. So if he's yeah. in the past for three hours, he's missing from the present also for three, for three hours. hours. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we didn't really bring up is that uh, his first fiance, uh, uh, Livia, mm-hmm. uh, she he thought she was dead. Yeah, she was in a plane crash, and then it turned out she leaped out of it, mm. and it turned that's she's been a time traveler this whole time. Uh, and he only runs into her after he's remarried and in these time travel excursions. So basically, all of a sudden, he has to leave his wife, his son his job to go do some magnanimous mystery calling mm. and hang out with his ex-fiance with whom for whom he still kind of has the hots. Yeah. And his wife yeah. handles it really well. <laughs> I'm going to give the show a lot of credit. Uh Okay. The, the, I, well, okay, I, yeah, I, it right. sounded like Whitney was. Go- I'm trying to not dominate the conversation. People all say right. I do that, so I gave Whitney a moment, and then he never talked. Uh, well, I was, I was, I was <laughs> gathering, gathering my thoughts for a second. Okay, this is why um, I talk a lot. Uh, you, it's you, okay you to should, like you, you take a me, moment to you can, pause. You can, you can give me a pregnant, preg- <laughs> pregnant pause every now okay. And again. Well, I'll say this: there would have been extremely easy for this show to play the mystery card for every character to just have him do his own thing and not tell anybody mm. for a long time, mm-hmm. and instead. The first episode ends. He tries to tell his wife what's going on. Of course, she doesn't believe him. While he's back in time, he like buries like a time capsule with like her wedding ring under yes. the foundation of their house. And so that now that he's in the present, he can like crack open the foundation mm-hmm. and prove. I that thought it's that there. was the best part. That was great. And that's why this show got picked up. That sequence. It's a great bit. Yeah. And they use Sarah Um, McLaughlin under it. It was was a great sequence. It's it's really romantic. The the premise of the show, however, is kind of at odds with the relationship they're trying to build with uh, the wife character. How do you Mm -hmm. mean? 
Uh, he's, it's called Journeyman. He's going off on these sort of adventures. He's seen as this sort of, uh, benevolent traveler who's going to just help people out out of the goodness of his heart. Yeah. He's sort of mm-hmm. like Michael Landon in Highway to Heaven, an angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just sort of appears into people's lives and he helps people out. And it would be interesting to see him go back to the present and kind of have somebody he can talk about that with, but it's yeah, why they the, tried the to com- start the, that. The, the premise is so complex, and the reason he's doing this is left vague for so long that having conversations with a wife is now in this completely different series. I feel like mm-hmm. we have this one kind of interesting sci-fi premise with a moral and almost divine dimension to it, and then we have this really kind of. Uh, really meaningful, really actually well-acted and put-together domestic drama going off on the side. And I think get, the domestic drama was so strong they had to give so much time to it that it actually took away from a lot of the time travel elements. Right, and that's why I feel that this was mm. canceled. You think that was it? You think because it was too domestic? It was, it was too much about, like, I can't handle that you're doing... I can't handle that this is happening to our yeah. family and this is breaking down our family. And I felt I, like people were know, just like, you know what, I just want to see the journey part. Yeah, well, I feel you like if, 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 like, every fifth episode or so, there was an episode where he had this really intense conversation with his wife and we got to see how strained it was becoming over mm-hmm. the course of him being a journeyman, I think that would have nailed the same point home while keeping the show a little bit more balanced. Um, but we would have been robbed of all of this really great yeah. character stuff that's you know, also that's going true. on in the show. Because that stuff, even though it was kind of extraneous, was really, really, really well done. You I know, think when you watch it back to back, it's mm-hmm. a lot more apparent. Whereas yeah. if you were watching it week to week, you weren't feeling so bogged down by that relationship and the strain every time. You know, I, I I really do feel as I was watching this that their relationship was my favorite part and that's actually mm. what was getting me through. <laughs> Oftentimes, the time travel storylines, like, they were okay, but basically like, oh, I wonder who the mad bomber is. It's probably that guy. Oh, no, it was that guy. That's the whole bit. My, uh, that's all they got. In fact, my, my favorite episode was the one that wasn't even about a person. It was about a camera. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. The, the, it was like the last one. It was the, the second, second, the second, last one. second to last episode. Yeah. It's like, oh, finally, like, actual causality. Yeah. Yes, that's when it really no. like hit into the sci-fi and mm-hmm. changing up like yeah. what was happening in the present, mm-hmm. and because we didn't really see any effects in the present until it's like, so weird. Like episode the, ten, he changed mm-hmm. someone's life, and then all that would happen is someone else has a different job. There's no butterfly effect. I mean, granted, it's right. only a few years ago, but you'd think there might be something, some something different, else. some significant. Like this restaurant is different now. Someone or, didn't get their loan, or Eric Stoltz is now starved Back to the Future. There you yes. go, something like that. That, but it's never quite that big. But no, because I actually. Loved that a that they were married and that their marriage was a constant factor and it wasn't just about his job. Mm-hmm. I think there are so many television series that either never get to a happily or at the very least a committed couple who's try- who's making it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like afraid of that because they think romance is what it's all about. They're the afraid of that of, because they yeah. feel that their show would be canceled. Well, that might be the case, <laughs> and I think it's a damn shame. And I think people might have missed. Mm-hmm something really excellent here because having a relationship and making it work with new challenges is Mm. actually really exciting for me dramatically Mm. to watch this program. I think. And how long ago did you get married? Last year. (laughs) But no, but I I don't see it dramatized enough. I don't see it dramatized very often at all. Uh, What we have here is a story of a guy who's... As we age TV, we learn more and more is for the young. Mm. It's for young single people. I can appreciate why (laughs) young single people might not have appreciated Journeyman, but I'm watching it now and I'm like... 
here's a story of a guy who say basically this you could argue it's a metaphor for some sort of midlife crisis where and it's a positive midlife crisis like what does he do he doesn't like get a jaguar and start sleeping around but he does he does find a new calling and has trouble like fitting it into his life he has a new passion to pursue he essentially joins the peace corps yeah and his wife has to deal with that he joins the, the peace corps with his ex yeah, there's an episode of this show that I really, really liked where he thinks she's really upset because he keeps traveling through time and he's uh, seeing his ex-fiance mm-hmm. and she's just like, no, I am an adult who has a life. I'm actually worried about this like fundraiser I'm putting on. <laughs> I don't care about what you're doing right now. I trust you. We're in a relationship. Um, right. I'm worried about me this time. I think most, and I kind of like that. I'm like, fuck yeah. I think most of the reason it works, too, is mostly Gretchen Egolf. She's who, great. Who is, she, she can play sort of put upon without saying exasperated. She's a, a yeah. whole complete human being. I didn't being. really like her character. Oh, yeah? How so? I, I mean, I thought she did a fine job portraying Katie, but I just, I, I don't know. It just... Because I always she felt was she was down. Side. I oh, never yeah. felt there was an, mm. a moment where she was like a happy person. There were uh, they they were fleeting. They were like fleeting mm-hmm. moments mm-hmm. where they're like being romancy or, or makey outy, and you know we, we got to see right. her be happy. But yeah, she didn't have a light. It's true she didn't have much of a life beyond trying to get her career back on track, which is kind of a hackneyed storyline, yeah. and worrying about and her husband yeah. and her husband yeah. Yeah. and her son. You know, I mean, she's got a lot to do, but I just felt like she wasn't just. There was no happiness for her mm-hmm. at any point. I, but I did appreciate that she didn't. I don't know. She she kept pressing forward. You know, right. she didn't she didn't nag. It's really easy to write that character mm-hmm. who's always disapproving of the protagonist, and we never really had that. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was doing the best she could under certain circumstances. And indeed, we saw consequences for her. There's an episode in which right. she is. Uh, there's a home invasion. And she actually has to deal that with that. And the one trauma of the most important, or yeah. like interesting ones to me. Yeah. Um, do you guys break it down each episode, or uh, it depends? This like one's pretty episodic. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so well, there's a. I guess it's a two-part episode. Yeah. Where, Later um, in the season, yeah. yeah. Um, but the home invasion is the second part of the two part. Yeah, episode. he goes back in time, and it's there's a there's a kidnapping plot. He's supposed to help. Yeah, that's episode nine. But the trick is, is that and he learns this through Livia, who's been doing this a lot longer than Dan Bastard has. Uh, he he is not supposed to do anything he isn't supposed to do. Yeah. Like, he's there for a specific reason, and if he ventures <laughs> off course, there are consequences that mm-hmm. negatively affect him and the people he cares about. Mm-hmm. Problem is, there's no clear indication of exactly what he's supposed to do, which yeah. is a real yeah. shitty mechanism I, for whoever's be, putting this on. Well, it <laughs> might be whatever you decide choose to go with mm. it might be like a choose your own adventure there's a lot going mm. on here there's a lot of people you could help which one are you going to help yeah right and you have to stay with that mm. person and you can't veer off of that I, person I, I, you can't I, just run and around maybe they bring you back to that person because yeah. you've helped them that's an interesting idea it's, i thought about that it, it actually plays as a strange metaphor for like living within god's grace in a lot of ways mm. there's this kind of christian undercurrent yeah. well i guess religious undercurrent not necessarily christian but well it seems like, like he's... you you are granted the ability to do well and like St. Augustine said you know what's the point of free will unless you're going to choose to do good yeah and uh, and yeah so he has to sort of act by this divine thing that's happening to him 
Well, but he doesn't know what it is. All he knows is that he has to do good, and that's sort of like going through life, trying to do the best you can. Well, that's kind of what I was getting at when I was talking about his sort of midlife crisis. He went with Peace Corps. I was just thinking he had like yeah. a religious experience, and he yeah, started yeah. So he's realizing kind of find, he's finding fa- yeah. it's not a Christian show by any stretch. No, but, but it, it has it that has that yeah, this kind of weird divine well, under thing. Going on. They talk a lot about oh, what's going on? How am I going back through time? Maybe it has something to do with tachyons. That's the word I read in a book somewhere. I heard that on an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, but like that's not important what's really significant to me mm-hmm. is the idea that he's not just randomly going back through time he's going back through time with purpose as though someone right. was sending him mm-hmm. back through time a part of me was wondering if like the actual ending of the show like dean stockwell was just gonna <laughs> pop up in a weird blazer and like press a few buttons on a weird thing <laughs> and then just go ah when's he gonna leap damn it come on <laughs> it's so broken scott Bakula just pops out a damn bastard oh my god i lost my memory <laughs> So Scott Bakula leapt into somebody who was traveling through time? Well, something. Like, it just the mechanism got messed up in Quantum Leap. Because there's, I don't understand... Because they never get to it. Mm. Right. Or maybe they never would. It might might have just been unsatisfying to know the answer. I don't think they would. I hope they wouldn't. Because explaining that sort of thing, it's like... No, that would, the take the, yeah, it would take the magic mm-hmm. out of the show. The, right. the point yeah. is the, the journey. So, <laughs> yeah. all we really, the journey man. All we really know is he goes back through time. Uh, we find out eventually that Livia is actually going forward through time. That we don't right. know that they met. She's from like the 40s. 40, 1940. Yeah. She's eight. been, yeah, leaping yeah. from 1948. They met and fell and in love while she was, was leaping. And it's not until eight. It's yeah. not until they reveal that that we see Livia. Like, Livia would show up. She'd just sort of be there. Right. Like, he'd leap forward. And whenever he leaps forward, he'd either... He'd pass out, or he'd bunk his head on something. He'd always be kind of injured when he'd show up. And Livia would be there in a really nice suit, just sort of standing there like... She was already there, waiting for him to show up. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until Pretty after cash. they reveal that she was coming from 1948 that she starts showing up. And like in one episode, she appears and she's in lingerie and she has to find some clothes because right. she left at an inconvenient time. And we learn that she's preparing for a wedding, a wedding. to somebody in 1948 mm-hmm. and she's trying to get on with her life. And... Uh, yeah, I like that when they finally reveal that because she finally had some character. She wasn't just mm-hmm. this yeah. sort of mysterious guide anymore. Now, yeah. did you guys find it strange that um, Katie dated Jack before? The bro- I thought yeah, that Katie was kind of weird. Bro- and why we needed that, I wasn't quite sure. Do we need mm. her to somehow be friends with Livia in order to like create some sort of tension? Well, here th- this actually gets at one of my biggest problems, not just with this show, but with a lot of modern TV in general. Mm-hmm. We have this sudden reveal that the brother and the wife used to date. And with every episode, something hugely dramatic is happening within the time travel plot and back at home that is a huge, huge crisis. It's hardly ever just sort of everyday, run-of-the-mill job stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when Netflix first went streaming, but I think it was around 2006 or 2007. And when that happened... It was happened, a little later than that. It was a little later than it that? It was a little later. Whatever. But, it's but TV that. was already changing because on a week-by-week... Week, we had people getting DVDs of TV shows and watching entire seasons. Mm-hmm. And... Network TV had to compete with that by essentially, you know, if you can sit and watch a whole season of TV in one sitting, you're getting this huge dramatic story. And network TV that was still being aired on a weekly basis had to compete with that by showing, shoving pretty much an entire season's worth of drama or like half season's worth of drama into every single episode. There was so much going on. And I feel like with Journeyman, he was constantly in crisis mode. There was never just an episode of him 
just being a journeyman, helping one person out, one simple story we could follow. There were several stories, and there were big reveals. Every episode, there was a huge personal bombshell for the character. Yeah. And I feel like we never got an episode where we could just sort of get to know the character while he was simply doing his job. When mm-hmm. we could just have the, the premise straightforward untainted by extraneous personal drama, which Mm -hmm. seems like the kind of thing they used to save for Sweeps Week or finales. I feel like every episode felt like a finale. And that's why you like the one with the digital camera, because that is that. It was the most straightforward. Yeah, Yeah. and I feel like that's a better way to build drama and let us know characters a little bit more intimately if we can see who they are just in their daily life, rather than who they are when they're in crisis mode. I'm going to throw it out there that I think what the show was maybe attempting to do in order to get that across, Mm -hmm. and I think it worked for me, was that he kept leaping back in time and witnessing himself in those periods. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He would watch himself like have dinner with his wife, right. mm-hmm. or they were at their like their engagement party. I did I, like when he showed up at his house, like because he wanted to see you know his wife and his son, mm-hmm. and like his son is a baby in the crib, and uh-huh. he's talking to him. And I yeah, I think you have oh, that, but like I think it's all here. dovetailed together. I, f- I really do feel like the show kind of lives, at least in the bit that we saw, as much as they were able to get out there, mm-hmm. in this sort of crisis, this sort of. A, a huge shift in their lifestyle and circumstances. It kind of would have been cool to see, like, if this had gone to a season three where it's kind of ho hum. Yeah. You know, yeah. where they're just sort of mm-hmm. sipping tea and just like, oh, yes, the Reginalds came over today. <laughs> oh, this again. <laughs> like, that would have been kind of, that would have been the kind of the fun was, version of it. Yeah, of course, but, all British. But, by season three, it, it becomes like full on Bill and Ted, and he's just leaping all over history. It's like oh, that could be fun too. Oh no, I have to back. help Van Gogh. <laughs> well, like what if what if they did a thing where because uh, we know that Olivia jumps forward mm-hmm. and he jumps back. What if he started jumping forward? Oh, like yeah. that would might be kind of cool to get to. Has somehow. to help somebody in like the twenty fifth century. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, okay. So the first episodes again, it's pretty straightforward, but it's very well constructed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second episode was for, for neat. A premise as complicated as it as yeah. it is, it does a really good job of explaining yeah. it. The Jessica Chastain and young song. Jessica the, Chastain, uh, <laughs> Jessica Chastain and her her best gothy regalia. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So this one's a fun one because it is another one where uh, they do something fun with the premise. The mm. idea is they're trying to go off on a sexy vacation. They might uh, try mm. to get pregnant again. They're trying to just sort of have their moment. They get on an airplane, and then he leaps onto an airplane in the 70s. And I love the reveal, not just because of the music, but because it's full of cigarette smoke. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> smoking and everybody's standing up and talking. Yeah. And, and then first thing if, he's got to do notice, is deliver a baby. If you notice, uh, they're not drinking Tab. They had to change the can so it says Teb. I did not notice they, they that. Drink, drink. It looks like Tab. T- it looks like Tab. But <laughs> that's funny. Tab was the off-brand version of Tab. T E B. T E B. Okay. Okay. And he starts that's following great. basically yeah. the baby around through her life, so, yeah, and she he, finds out who her real father is, and it turns out he needs a transplant, and she doesn't like him because well, he abandoned her mom. Yeah, and he's a rich guy who uh, who impregnated the mom and didn't want to see her again, and then the daughter grows up and to be Jessica Chastain, and then. 
Uh, Jessica Chastain, who looks convincing as both a teenager and as sort of an older yes. executive. They did a good job. And I like uh, his story uh, in the present, how they're like going to the doctor to get like a head scan and stuff, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's what you would do. Yeah, yeah they take it seriously. I'm traveling through time. I don't believe you. <laughs> We're going to scan your brain. And also, that, that he leaped off of a plane in flight also mm-hmm. alerts the attention of his law enforcement brother and the feds. Which will so, run throughout the series because now he's on a watch another, list yeah, and he so can't fly anywhere. Which is also a good way of keeping it in San Francisco. It's a good way of keeping <laughs> it in San Francisco, but it, it is the dumbest part of the show. We, we don't need this. It sort is of interesting law that he element. doesn't when he travels. He travels in his, in San Francisco. Like Pretty it's much, never yeah. other places. It's other places in San Francisco, maybe, yeah. but it's always San Francisco. Oh, yeah, and yes. we, also, when he travels in time, he travels in place, so, but he stays within mm-hmm. the city. Yeah, uh, he runs I'm, into the prisoners from Alcatraz. There's a couple of mechanics <laughs> about the time travel we haven't discussed yet. One is that Livia tells him that for whatever reason, if you're carrying citrus when you travel through time. It explodes. That never pays off. I kept expecting that to no. pay off. Maybe they like had that down the line. They mm. were like waiting to reveal that in Some like episode fifteen. Wonderfully <laughs> dumb gag. Um, Citrus. And, and he ca- he carries with him anything in his pockets, so he's mm. he's wearing the same clothes and carrying the same stuff. And in the second episode, we see that kind of fall through because he tries to pay for a cab with contemporary money. Yes. And he's it's flagged as counterfeit, and that also follows him through time. Uh, <laughs> as he's that, accused of that. I didn't or, like that. If there was, like that, <laughs> that if there was, was just one like, episode what? about a counterfeit bill that he had to sort of track down that one bill in like 1978 or something. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's like... That'd be kind of fun. It's like, like it's, chasing around you know, a dollar. You know, it's like running around all of time. For, just a light episode where he's like chasing a kid who's gambling in an alleyway. Hey, come back. Oh, no, a cat has it. You know, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Turn into this complete slapstick thing. That would have been great. I would have loved that episode. Yeah. Uh, we also, but we also have the episode, you, you've alluded to it a couple mm-hmm. of times, you haven't really talked about it. Mm-hmm. There's an episode where he goes back in time and rescues people who are literally hanging from a cliff, but he drops a digital camera. Yeah. And yeah. then he comes back, and now all of a sudden, computer technology is entirely different, mm-hmm. and he has a daughter. Instead of a son. Yes. Instead Which of a I son. I like. I like yeah. that change. It's interesting mm-hmm. because it doesn't really tackle. He really is desperate to get his son back. But it doesn't really tackle the fact that his daughter exists too. Yeah. And that yeah. maybe yeah. she has just as much rights. I feel like a Star Trek episode would have at least there, had a moment where have, they there tackled have that. There's been at least four or five Star Trek episodes yeah. that dealt with that very thing. Doesn't, doesn't Tuvix have a right to live too? <laughs> I kind of wish that it would have played off of that movie, The Butterfly Effect, with Ashton mm-hmm. Kutcher, where mm-hmm. like he gets that, like, when he comes back, he changes mm-hmm. something in The Butterfly Effect. And, and he, he comes back to memories, present time, yeah. and like the memories all come to him really quickly, and then he gets a nosebleed. And so now mm-hmm. he has these new memories. He still kind of has the old memories, too. Yeah. Um, so I think that would have been interesting if like he had a situation where he has new mm-hmm. memories now that we see. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I have this, do- like, this daughter, uh-huh. and I, I love her. Yeah. But I also know that I have a son somewhere in the back of my mind. Did you guys ever see uh, the movie About Time with Don? Yes. Yes, love that. that movie is love that. such a great tearjerker. But that's another one that has interesting time travel. Yeah. That, that is one and of the weepiest the of all weepy movies. But it's a good weepy it's movie. A good movie. Yes. Stand by. But there's an interesting time travel mechanic about kids, which is he can go back in time, but he can't go back in time and change anything before his child was yes. conceived because will change it. Yeah, because just it's that simple. It's it's millions of sperm heading towards an egg, mm. a different sperm might end up there and you just end up mm. with a different kid. So now you're stuck. You can't go back in time before you uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, conceived the child. Right. 
So I'm actually amazed that it's another one that finally something there had a repercussion beyond, and now this person's a doctor instead of in jail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's the majority of all the episodes. It's just like, oh, I said went back in time, and now that person uh, who has a gambling problem was going to commit suicide, now he works pro bono as a lawyer. Isn't that nice? Uh, speaking of that episode, uh, the, that gambler... Gambler with the Gambling Problem was played by John Billingsley from mm. Enterprise. The great so, Dr. Flox. Uh, be- best character nah. best character and actor on the show, I would say. That's not saying a lot. <laughs> uh, Remember the really, really memorable one? Oh, what was his name? <laughs> well, I like that episode, too, because they deal with simply... Um, he thinks he's gone back in time to do something about the San Francisco earthquake. Mm. Oh, right. Mm. Not, from, not from the 20s, but the one from like my lifetime, which I remember feeling yeah. in, La- in Los Angeles. That thing was huge. Yeah, I was yeah. in San San Jose, so yeah. I really felt it. Like, we went back in time. It was my, scary. My parents had a swimming pool, and we went back in time. I went back in time. We went back in the backyard, <laughs> you know, in time. And uh, the swimming pool was sloshing. Nice. That's how strong it was. It was, nice, like, nice, really nice. crazy. I, and you lived in Pasadena at the time. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah not that's close. A, that's, that's thinking the, maybe the, the Northridge earthquake? No, I'm definitely not. Sure I, I remember the Northridge earthquake very distinctly. I remember he, the Whittier earthquake yeah, very distinctly. He goes back in time to the day of the earthquake. Uh, the B-52's Rome is playing on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and, yeah, he... he um, uh, Moon Bloodgood tells him you can't change something like an earthquake. You can't warn anyone. He keeps yeah. like trying to call people. Like, there's going to be an earthquake. We don't believe you. All right. Well, oh, there's well. going to be a bomb. Well, now they're just after you. Yeah. <laughs> <You> dunce. <laughs> well, what, what about that jerk with the gambling problem? Aren't you going to help him? I'll get to him later. And he ends up. <laughs> How important could he possibly be? Turns out he's going to be a pro bono lawyer. Uh, I love that character because he was a true gambling addict, mm-hmm. and he spoke the way an addict does. He says, "I've been to the meetings. I've I've taken some anti." psychotics this is what i want i need to gamble this is part of like who i am i'm not going to get over this just give me money so i can keep doing this and they toy- he was very unapologetic and they toy with the idea the damn bastard was uh was a gambler too yes he had, he, was, when olivia died uh, he developed a gambling problem to sort of deal with his grief mm-hmm. and that's how uh he and his wife finally connected which she helped pull him out of rock bottom mm-hmm. um and there's even a fun episode where he's got to actually go back in time, replace himself after he's been mugged, the younger version, and he has to gamble again in order to make sure he ends up with his wife. Mm. I don't know. Like it, it felt like the gambling thing was they talked a big game, but it never really mm. amounted to anything. Like It never yeah. really felt like a, a cross he had to bear or, or something he was, was really maybe, that tempted I think by. there was maybe like one other episode where somebody mentioned it and like he looked a little tempted to join a card game. Well, his brother was, thinks that, his, that Dan... Uh, being secretive because he's got a gambling problem again and that's why he's got all this money because there's the other episode we haven't talked about yet right. which is the D.B. Cooper episode yeah 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 Yeah. I wish it had just been like, D.B. Cooper the actual D.B. Cooper well you already right? did that on Prison Break so I think oh, they had already well, covered okay. that but uh, D.B. Cooper for those Brand, who don't do, know do you know D.B. Cooper? no oh, okay. no D.B. Cooper is one of the most notoriously unsolved cases in American history a guy mm. who hijacked a plane uh-huh. stole a t- shit ton of money mm. and then jumped out of the plane with a parachute and they never found him or the money he let, yeah. okay. and D.B. Cooper was so the this name is he kind put of down that. Yeah. This episode, episode five, is the DB Cooper episode. Yeah, yeah, they're playing with, and that's, and what's also it's nice to see. It's kind of also nice to see that this has something to do with maybe him actually telling a good story as a reporter, mm-hmm. because as the series goes on, they start talking about how, like, oh, Dan, Dan Bastard's one of our best reporters. Yeah, he's only missed five deadlines the entire time he's here. How many has he missed in the last couple of months? 
five four of them yeah. <laughs> you know like he's really not doing his job anymore and well, he's like he's well, it's hard how does he have time he, he's still a reporter and he's using his clout as a reporter to cover the facts that he's traveling through time mm-hmm. it's like oh I need to go like talk to a, a mayor's aide so I'm gonna pretend to be interviewing them so he goes to talk to the yes. mayor's aide to help his time travel but charge he but he has no do, story yeah, yeah, at yeah. the end of that and he That's keeps saying to his like the boss says, "When are you gonna have that piece for him?" He says, "I'll have it in an hour." But he, we never see him actually turning anything in. <laughs> like that should yeah. be the thing. This should actually be pretty yeah, cool. Email back then. He should have <laughs> cool stuff about like old cases or something. He should have like a new column mm. where he writes about like, "Oh, and here's this cold case that we helped solve." Oh, and you know that what? would actually be a draw for the for yeah, the newspaper. Right. This is the second canceled too soon episode we've had that really lays into the food critic. Trade. <laughs> okay. Because we we Why? saw we saw an episode of Man and Machine where uh, Curtis Armstrong played a food critic who was desperate to get out of the slum of reviewing food. Okay. Like yeah. evident, that was like the lowest of the low for journalism, and he wanted to be an investigative reporter. So. Food critics in that uh, in that episode were seen as this like lower life form, and in this one, two thousand seven, like twenty five years later, or I guess it'd be fifteen years later, fifteen years two thousand seven, uh, fifteen years later, we have this other episode where we see a food critic. He's actually very eloquent, and he's talking about sort of these food and these various foods that he's been eating, and. Dan Bastard's boss pulls him aside and says, "You know, well, you, you got you got to, you know, act, act do a little bit better here as being yeah, a reporter. We're gonna Other, have to lace the people off. Otherwise, you're gonna be doing food cr- reviews like that yes. guy. It's yeah. Like, and next time is, on Canceled Too Soon, we'll be covering Kitchen Confidential with Bradley Cooper. We have Kitchen Confidential. <laughs> it was donated to us. We might have to at some so, point soon. I like that. Sh- well, series. come on back. We'll do it. Jonathan Gold is a food, local food critic." He, wor- he writes for various outlets around Los Angeles. He has won a Pulitzer Prize. Yes. He is a respected writer, and he's very, very good. F- the Food Network is huge. What well, is it about food critics? I don't that know. People it's, hated them for so long. I think it's a weird, cheap shot, because people talk a lot about how, oh, does film criticism matter? Does anyone really see a film mm. because a film critic? Food criticism matters. A food critic can shut down a restaurant. Mm. They still actually have some mm-hmm. power. If you're if you're a significant food critic, yeah. so that was weird. But the show we does. We just haven't seen that influx of now we're gonna have food critic like YouTubers and we're gonna have food critics. It's not the same thing. <laughs> I would love rotten that. Rotten tomatoes, oh, food God. critic people. What, what, what would like the the uh, the, rotten, the, rotten the nerd world equivalent of the food critic world be? Like they only go to the hipster restaurants that serve avocado toast or you know. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe everyone turned an avocado. Man, fucking kale must have paid him off. <laughs> um, <laughs> you like that one? Which, it's good. Which, okay. which one is which one is Marvel and which one is DC? Oh, kale is obviously Marvel. I mean, okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> avocado, bitter, bit hipper, longer, but not as celebrated. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> We got a. Uh, uh, we, we're off chart. It's we're also we're talking here. about that this show because it is indeed ingrained in the newspaper mm-hmm. industry. Does talk a lot about how print journalism was dying at the time. And there's right. always a threat of layoffs. George Newbern, another uh, friend is. of the show from Puchinski yeah. and, and uh, Perversions of, of Science. Science, he shows up again as a guy who might lay everybody off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Dan- in that episode. Is Victor Kiriakis from Days of Our Lives? Ooh. Uh, Jennifer Aniston's father. Okay, I forget his first name, but last name Aniston. I'm glad oh. you're here because I only recognize As the World Turns cast members. Oh, okay. So there we right. go. Great. I was an As the World Turns person in Days of Our Lives. Prime making time. this work. Oh, so it's only primetime soaps. I'm sorry. That's fine. Uh, let's see who we got here. Uh, okay, so we got the there was the Mad Bomber episode, which the only thing about the Mad Bomber episode I thought was really noteworthy because it was real obvious. Oh, is that guy the Mad Bomber? No, it's his brother. Okay. 
<laughs> Great. Thanks, Journeyman. Uh, but we do start seeing that there are people who have noticed time travelers. That there's like a, maybe like yeah, a small yeah. cult or conspiracy theory where people yes. are starting to theorize that people are doing this. And one of the characters on this episode notices that you can always tell a time traveler by their mm-hmm. shoes. Uh, again... If not by have, their if, unchanging face. Uh, well, <laughs> but if, if you've never met them before, if they have futuristic shoes, oh, that might yeah, be the case. I think yeah. Kevin McCade was actually very savvy casting because he looks like he could be an old young man or a young old man. Like yeah. he, he has, like, he could play twenty five or forty pretty exactly. Easily. He, has, yeah. he has just the right kind of features, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm certain they cast him because of that. Absolutely, and uh, fortunately, when throughout his entire life, he never really changed his hair much. Yeah. Like, he yeah. never had, like, a bad mullet in the 80s or something. Like, he was always pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, the Mad Bomber. Mad Bomber. The evil Midnight Bomber. Oh, we, oh, so at the end of the D.B. Cooper episode, he ends up with a giant uh, duffel bag full of cash from the olden times. Right. Which he's, can, which he's supposed to use when he's going back in time to not raise attention right. to himself. Mm. Uh, it makes a lot of sense, but now he's got this big duffel Wait, bag and a curious child. you carry that with you? Like, oh, I, I, I'm starting a headache. Gotta go grab the duffel Gra- bag. Grab the <laughs> just keep a couple hundred bucks in your wallet. Yeah, I think just in probably, case. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. But like, have two two separate wallets, past wallet, present wallet. Yeah. But, but then, he, but he then little the, bastard notices the, all the money, and it's like, oh, that's it's that's not mommy. his fault. He's just a kid. He's a, well, he's a kid. His dad is damn bastard. His kid is a little bastard. I think that's fair. Mm. Uh, but he's like, mom, what's all this money? Mm. And she's just like, oh, that's Monopoly money. This isn't a stupid lie. This isn't going to bite me in the ass later. So later uh, when they're playing Monopoly. <laughs> uh, Uncle, we should play with mom's Monopoly money. It's not suspicious at all. And he's just like, well, tell me about this Monopoly money. I'll keep all of my secrets and promises. <laughs> Here's all the money that's an important plot point. I'll go send this to the FBI for no particular reason, just in case my brother's gambling with important money. Oh, oh, oh it's D.B. Cooper yeah, money. I don't somehow know he the puts, motivation there. Yeah, somehow, like he... He doesn't go to been, his brother. He goes to his why would he tra- boss, it would have been like But yeah, he decides to track that money for some reason. Yeah. And unless he had been working on the D.B. Cooper case. Like, that was actually significant to him from a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Which or they even established okay. at the beginning of the episode. It's like, ah, oh, I've been looking into that D.B. Cooper case. Isn't it interesting? And just on my on the mm-hmm. side. And I know that we we have one dollar bill that he left behind. It has this serial number. So if you ever see these other serial numbers. So occasionally I look and see these serial numbers. Just have that speech. Yeah. Or, like, like have, or have the FBI agent be like the babysitter for the son to be the oh, one to the FBI discover. agent do it. Yeah, why not? Or have his brother work for the goddamn FBI. Is it really that important that he's a beat cop in San Francisco? Like, it's kind of I, fun that, like, there's know. one bit where, like, Dan's running from a beat cop because he made something looks bad, and it turns out we reveal the cop who was chasing him was his brother. Uh-huh. Like, that was a cute little bit. But mm-hmm. beyond that, is it really that important that he just works? Hmm. For, for for the regular cops, why not have now this be a Now I gotta rewatch the whole series. I guess you just do, so I can figure out <laughs> is this important. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see what we got here. Are okay, we're we up to the key party. We're yet? up to the key party right. episode. Yay! So, he, With Bo Duke from Dukes of Hazard oh showing up, God. John Schneider. So uh, they. The, he and Moonblood go loop, leap into a key party in the 1970s, and uh, Nixon's resignation speech is on the TV, and no one's watching, which is completely suspicious to me. They're I, having sex. I understand with me. you're at a, a swingers party, but you know someone would be watching that. But <laughs> I, I it's the ice that, storm. They're all too depressed. I love that 
we actually got a little foreshadowing as to where Livia was from because she didn't recognize anything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, what is a key party? And he's just like, I never thought they actually happened. And it's this big swingers party. A uh, teenage girl busts in looking for her parents. She mm-hmm. sees her parents... Uh, in flagrante delecto fl- with other in, people. In flagrante de swing. And, uh, <laughs> and she, she's hurt and mortified. And she runs off and they realize, uh-oh, we did something terrible. We have to... Make sure yeah. she's not going to suffer any turns out horrible she, psychological damage. She went Sandra. missing. She yeah. became a famous missing persons. And so uh, he goes back in time and he prevents her from getting in a truck with a mystery guy. And she gets in with a bunch of really nice hippies. Then he goes back in time and it Realizes turns out she's in jail for murder. Because those hippies were uh, more or less the Syrianese Liberation Army. <laughs> yeah, she was Patty Hearst. And he's got to like try to deprogram her in the middle okay. of a liquor store heist. Uh, Set in the 70s, somebody heisting somebody and they're wearing berets. Stop that, okay? <laughs> that happened the, one the, time. Uh, the iconography's too <laughs> obvious. You don't get to get... Patty Hearst is still out there. She's in John Waters movies. You can't do that anymore. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. It, it was it was really painful. That would be like him going back in time and like... I don't know, like inventing the mullet by accident or something. It would be like a, a cute Forrest Gumpy sort of thing. It's just a little too precious. Fine. I put this down as probably my least favorite episode. It's not a great episode. <laughs> it's not it's a like, great that's episode. That's all I wrote. I don't know why. I didn't like explain further. Uh, just, right. I don't like. Don't like. Next episode. All right. So we hit uh, the two-parter, Emily and Blowback. And Emily, he rescues a girl, but he sends a guy to jail. And apparently he wasn't supposed to do that or and something? Wasn't there, there was a cameo in this episode by, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Zach Braff. Really? Stop, no. I'm pretty sure as one of the ravers at the party. <laughs> I did not see a Zach Braff in there. He would he would already been on Scrubs. I think that would have been weird. Alright. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tr- you look that up. It it was I, in charge of that. It was either Zach Braff, Dax Shepard, who's the same person. Okay. Yes. Or <laughs> I buy or Dax Shepard. Or somebody who looks remarkably like those two people. I'm guessing um, the answer is C. <laughs> Because there's like, the, like he, he's digging through the like he he finds a kidnapping victim. She's behind the wall at a rave club, and, mm-hmm. and we come back from commercial break, and we see one of the ravers kind of walking away. It's like, hey, that guy found her, and I thought it's like, hey, there's there's Zach Braff slash Dax Shepard. So no, he would have already been I, in a lot of stuff. It would have been a weird time. cameo. It would have been really maybe he was a it's, fan. I don't know. Okay, what was da- maybe Dax? Let maybe me look Dax. Dax. He's still looking it up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and I apologize because they, they those two men are mm-hmm. truly. The same person in my in my mind. So anyway, Kevin McKidd <laughs> sends Raphael Sabarge, a really good character actor who I, I mm. wish was a bigger actor. You, you might know him from Once Upon a Time. Mm. He plays Jiminy Cricket. Uh, <laughs> he's in Murder in the First. Um, he did a. I, I saw him do the Glass Menagerie uh, at the Pasadena Playhouse once. Nice, uh, and he was great. So I've been a fan ever since then. Um, so he plays a kidnapper who gets sent to jail, and then he comes back to Dan's house for revenge. Dan immediately goes back in time and meets Raphael Sabarge as a little boy, yeah. and he thinks he's going to kill that kid mm. in order to save his wife's life because she's in the middle of being, you know, home invaded. Uh, and then he ends up trying to protect the kid, and then it just gets a little muddled, honestly. Uh, yeah, it, it I like that the idea is he's, he's not supposed to commit murder in order to help the future, but it really wasn't a cleanly told story. I really don't know what he's supposed to get from he it. He leaps into the house where the kidnapper Jr. is being sort of locked up, and his parents are just sort of abandoning him, and his father, as we learn from what he says, is this horrible abuser, and... You would think that it would be sort of more about him warming and having a sort of a heart-to-heart with this kid and changing the way he was. Is it this guy? It's that guy. Okay, hold on. That's not it's Zach that Brown. Guy. This is not Zach That Brown. is not this is Zach Aaron? Brown. 
Himmelstein? Himmelstein. Aaron Himmelstein. Himmelstein. Aaron Himmelstein. Looks okay. like Zach Braff and Derek okay. Shepard. Aaron Himmelstein, get on that. You're a big star in the making. <laughs> yeah. They need, they're doing a straight-to-video Garden State 2, and they need somebody now. I, I like you better than Zach Braff. Fine. I'm sorry. Fine. <laughs> uh, episode 11, Home by Another Way. This is the Christmas episode. I, uh, this is my least favorite episode. It's not a great episode. Kevin McKidd goes back in time. He finds okay. out everyone's being yeah. laid off at the newspaper. Okay, he so goes back in it's, time it's to a, a Christmas party. It's a time travel Christmas episode. Why did you not do A, a Christmas Carol? Well, they thought they could do that next year. Oh. Ghost of Christmas Past. It's right there in front of you. You have this beautiful dinner, this beautiful steak dinner, and it's really well garnished, and you have wine, and you wipe it off, Dude, you have a Twinkie. They, I'm so mad. They were going to have so many Christmas episodes, they didn't want to blow it all the first yeah, year of Journey, so. man. Guess, he goes back to the, this, to the sexy uh, office Christmas party, where everyone's like Xeroxing each other's butts, and he meets <laughs> his... that's sexy. And he, that's he, so he, wasn't it? That was my understanding. And then they, if, if, if I ever come, up, come upon somebody who Xeroxes their butt... At a party, I'm going to frame it. If they're put it on my wall, yeah, okay. they have to. Doesn't matter who they are, or what their butt <laughs> looks like. Just sort of But it's, it turns out his dad worked at the same newspaper he did, and his dad left because his dad was a shithead. And yes. he gets to actually meet his dad and talk to his dad, and then get blackmail material on the current uh, owner of the newspaper. So mm-hmm. everyone okay. gets to keep their job at the newspaper. But if everyone keeps their job, even at the... though this newspaper is still dying, yeah, like if everyone <laughs> keeps their job, the newspaper's gonna die faster, Dan. What are you doing? You're not working. You're not keep... giving them stories that improve circulation. You're not helping, Dan. I would Damn lo- bastard! Unemployment check and get out of here. I would love to see an episode about how the newspaper has to turn into something more like BuzzFeed, and they do like mm. top five bikini scenes in movies. Oh, you know they would have done this that. Quiz. Yeah. Take this yeah. quiz. How well, how well do you know the lyrics to the theme song of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's that see. Would, and like he, ha- that's what he has to do now. And like he, when he jumps back in time, mm. he has to like he tries to stop Fresh Prince from Be- of Bel Air from getting air- on the air, from airing just so he doesn't have to write that <laughs> okay. article. Okay, okay, that's funny. That's the, kind of, <laughs> that's the kind of episode I would write. It would have been canceled even faster. All right, episode twelve is the Hanged Man, and that's the one with the camera. That's the one we already, you like that's the one I like. We already talked like. about that well, one. It the, deals with the mechanics of it. It deals with the mechanics of it. It feels more like just sort of straightforward causality, mm-hmm. which is the premise mm-hmm. of the damn show. Let's let's see yeah. how things in the past affect the future. And he talks and, to that guy, that like professor, that's like the time travel guy, mm-hmm. and then yeah, he and we kind of has that. Part where he's like, I just can't see, like, I can't, we can't be talking anymore because I'm going to conspiracy use you yeah. to, like, get information, There's and, and big, that's not good. We, we keep learning, like, a little bit more about what may be going on. Like, oh, maybe everybody who travels back in time was born as a comet went over Earth mm. every time, and I'm just yeah. like... Bullshit. That's a <laughs> well, stupid idea. I like I that, they, that. that we had somebody who knew about this and was kind of looking into it, and that we'd kind of revisit that again from time right. to time. That, that yeah. was I, I saw this more as like setup for future exploration rather than a, a blanket mm-hmm. explanation for what was going but on. But I do like how he's like, if you if people know about this, they're going to take advantage of you, and that's why you have yeah, to yeah, like, you have to keep it to yourself. Yeah, go and past and place a bet and one, get rich. Yeah. One thing we skipped over that I really really liked. There was one episode where Dan Bastard finally told his brother and his brother believed him mm. and it seemed like everything was okay and then he went back in time and solved the crime and then he never had that conversation with his brother and everything's back <laughs> the way it yeah, was and yeah, I'm like yeah, fuck yeah. Like, no we're yeah. stuck he with this like, subplot no, no. <laughs> kind of co- course corrected it was but I was it was a, I actually thought it was a fun twist mm. I actually thought yeah. that was kind of cute and then the last episode which is actually I thought was pretty good mm-hmm. uh, Perfidia 
where damn the, uh, and this was my other favorite episode. Yeah. So they, yeah. they were just hit, they good. just hitting yeah. their stride yeah. here at the end. Damn uh, uh, goes back in time and he ends up inside a mental institution. Of course, no one believes him, mm-hmm. uh, and he ends up in a mental institution with a guy who claims he's also a time traveler, but for all they know, he's also insane. Mm-hmm. But um, but he recognizes that he's a time. He's like, hey, you're another time traveler. So. Mm-hmm. He has a little bit of, uh, of footing. There's room for doubt. Mm. And uh, they, they, it turns out that he went back in time, and in order to save his wife's life, this other guy, mm. he prevented himself from ever marrying her. Mm. So now he's got all these memories of a wonderful life that he's had together. His wife's played by Joanna Going, uh-huh. who used... There was a moment in the late 90s when <laughs> Joanna Going was going to be a big deal. Yeah, she was she, in a lot of indies. She, she was, was in Inventing the, the Abbots. Uh, interesting. And, uh, uh, well, now, lately she's been in House of Cards, but you may also remember from the uh, Ben Affleck classic Phantoms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. Yeah, everyone knows. Uh, Such a great film. So it <laughs> totally <laughs> was. The McGowan. great Peter O'Toole was in that. Uh, <laughs> the monster isn't the devil, but it thinks it is. Shut up. That was the premise of Phantoms. That's so stupid. <laughs> Fuck you, Phantoms. Um, <laughs> that'll be our next shirt. Fuck you, Phantoms. Fuck you, Phantoms. Um, but, uh, but so he's trying to like have like one last moment with his wife, mm-hmm. even though she has no memory of him, and he's trying to prove that maybe th- there are echoes of the realities that yeah. they change. Um, and then it turns out at the end of the episode, A, it works and he's able to have this moment with his wife even though she doesn't really know what happened. And it's really sweet. And it is. It's, it's cute, actually. And I like the actor, uh, uh, what's the actor's name? Uh, Don McManus mm-hmm. from Justified and Northern Exposure. He's really, really good. He's Because he could go either way. He could be the weird comic relief guy who doesn't actually go back in time mm-hmm. or he could be really another time travel on you buy it. And of course he mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we find out that actually at the very he, end of the episode, he <laughs> dies and his dying actually ends up giving Dan Bastard his powers because he died like right next to him. Yeah, yes. like... It's uh, like that Dan, movie Dan with Denzel a, Washington where uh, the... Fallen? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it, yeah, like... Without, not not so as like, evil, but yeah. So, like, we, we learn at the, end of the, at the end of the series that the time travel power is, like, it's finite. It's only passed around, like, a certain number of people and it passes mm. from person to person. It's inherited. Mm. But it appears to be inherited kind of randomly. A little so bit. He, he's yeah. inherited this power, and we get to know that there is sort of a divine hand at work here. That these, the, the powers that be, require these time traveling, uh, you know, good Samaritans to keep everything on track. Yeah. Um, uh, and so that was, he's 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 God, God soldier more or less. Yeah. So that was Journeyman. Uh, now again, we always like to think about what would have happened. 100 episodes. This year had hit the 100 episode mark. Uh, oh, Brienne, where, where do you think the show would have gone? I came up with nothing. Well, do you have not, <laughs> just you don't think it was it would have lasted? I mean, do you think? Well, I don't think it would have lasted 100 episodes. I think you got a good two seasons max out of this. <laughs> but I, I really did enjoy it. I would uh, say that's fair. Wendy, where do you think it would have? 100 episodes. I think. I think. Uh, when I we think have to think about what we're, when, like Puchinski, mm-hmm. a sitcom about a cop whose spirit gets uh, put into thing, a dog. Like, we try to think of 100 episodes. How anyway. old is his good. son at that point? Are they yeah, traveling yeah. together? Well, like. That's, that's Someone I think, else I think they would have found a way to incorporate more characters into the time travel. Like he's holding yeah. their hand when he jumps, and they can jump too. So we would That'd have be had fun. more characters doing more in the, in the past. I would and have liked that. I think that would have been a good touch. If it's getting more successful, the show's clearly getting a bigger budget. So I think they're going to be able to leap further in time, like, or like go we mentioned forward. Before. Like mm-hmm. yeah, they're going, going to be leaping forward into the future, further and further into the future. Mm-hmm. They're going to be leaping further and further in the past. Pretty soon, they're leaping into. Heck, the Stone Age. They get to you know cause the Big Bang. Yeah. Whatever it is, they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so yeah, I think it, it could have worked uh, fine if they had continued to sort of expand on the premise. I would have liked and to turned have... it into much more of a proper Quantum Leap style time travel show. I would have liked to have seen, and I think they also did this in Quantum Leap at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have liked to have seen an evil time traveler. Someone who's going back in time with the express purpose of messing things up. And then Time Cop comes in. Yeah. (laughs) Van Damme is going to make it all right again. Yes, with that nice little shiny butt in the moonlight shot. (laughs) I I think it's in uh, Time Cop where he has, like, the best of his ponytails. Uh, He's got some pretty good ponytails throughout his career, Van Damme. But I think Time Cop, he's got the best one, if I recall Time Cop correctly. I don't know. I just remember a lot of splits. <laughs> well, that doesn't really those narrow are, it down. <laughs> the split, those are hard to forget. Right Tom Cop has the good one though, where he jumps up in the air and lands with one on foot on each counter oh, yeah, yeah. in yes. the kitchen. Time Cop is worth it for that scene and the scene where Ron Silver touches Ron Silver and reality implodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the yeah. kind of that's why that movie exists. Those two. I remember being so pissed off at Time Cop when I saw it the first time because I'm like, you got John Claude Van Damme going back through time, and you have him go to the 80s? I want to see him roundhouse kick a velociraptor. Who wouldn't? <laughs> well, if he goes back in time to the 80s just so he can meet himself on the set of Bloodsport. That think would that, be fine, that too. But, fine. Oh, whatever. Wow, Kumite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, there's already a movie with two Van Dams. There's a ton yeah, of movies with two Van Dams. There is. There's, uh, there's, what is there's, it called? Well, there's... Uh, uh, double, double Take, I think. No, no, no. no there's what's a, it called? No, it's not Double Team, because that's with uh, Dennis Rodman. Double, yeah, yes. double Team. Uh, it's, uh, okay, well, first off, there's Replicant. Uh, then there was Maximum <laughs> Risk, where there's only two of him briefly, and like his, the whole thing is his twin brother dies. I like playing twin brothers a lot. Uh, then there was uh, oh god, double it wasn't double team. What was no. the what was the one? It was like two. It was twice the Van Damage. That was the that was the the, yeah. the, the hard what, hard take barbarian hard brothers. Hard ticket I to, to sex machine <laughs> hard, town. <laughs> so hard ticket to Hawaii. It was hard yeah. ticket. To sure, Hawaii. it was hard ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> It's the best. I, oh, I'm going to have to look at Double impact. Do, that's right. Boom. Double impact. I'm an idiot. Don't confuse that with sudden impact. Nope. Also another Van Damme. <laughs> oh, only <laughs> half as much Van Damage, but a better film. Sudden impact. Hmm. <laughs> oh, wait. Sudden impact was the Dirty Harry one. I think yeah, it's Sudden it was. Death. Okay, you're sudden, sudden Impact death. is the uh, one in is. San Francisco. There you go. Yeah. All right. So bringing it back this. to San Francisco. Th- thank you for bringing us oh. back. Because I, <laughs> I didn't like being out there. Uh, so I guess the question now arises, was Journeyman canceled too soon? Brianne, was Journeyman canceled too soon? Um, I would have liked to have seen a full, complete season. At least mm. one season. Yeah, this didn't well, get picked up for the second half of its I, first season. I feel yeah. like they could have let's say they knew that they were only going to have 26 episodes sure. total, let's say. Because um, at that time I feel like that was the standard, right? Around then? Uh, 22, 20, 26 okay. around there, yeah. Like if they had known, okay, we're going to extend you but only through this season and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like we could have had a nice completion and I feel like this didn't end with a completion. Yeah. And it would have been nice to kind of close it up. I, but I, I think like, in a way that the final he, episode... He finds a way to pass off his journeyman powers, and that's the end of the show. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Sure, why not? In a weird way, I thought the last episode was kind of an okay finale, because... Well, it's the most emotional. Well, it's what, they did what they could. They did what yeah. they could. Well, it was emotional, and it brought everything full circle, and we found out how he got his powers... 
I don't need, we talked about this, I don't need the mystery revealed. I don't want to meet yeah. the guy in the white room who's yeah, sending yeah. The, the architect. The, yeah, I don't want to meet that guy. That's yeah. stupid. Or I don't even, need everything wrapped up. Even mysterious agents of the architect. Get yeah. not, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. It never works. Don't do that. I'm okay with the ending is and the legend will continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, in the end he kind of, looks it sound like he kind of came to peace with it. His family's more or less together. His brother yeah. believes him. Mm-hmm. He's co- his wife is kind of cool. Like he's, he's, he's just going like, to be okay for a status quo for a bit and that's not so bad yeah, and I feel like now we can get the show started <laughs> like not, not a lot of confusions out of the way he's at peace with his family all of this nonsense backstories d- taken care of with all of the personal stuff now we can actually have the show so you're saying it was cancelled too I'm soon I'm saying it was cancelled too soon I'm also saying it's cancelled too soon I want more Journeyman I liked this show a lot I am so glad Brianne thank you so much for suggesting it we've had a lot of other people suggest it uh, through Twitter and through our email uh, and y'all good taste because Journeyman is actually, it's actually, I think it's in the upper echelons, one of the best shows overall I think so, we've done. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like a, from apart, beginning to end, anyway. Apart from something like Police Squad, which is just a classic. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, this this was an interesting premise. I don't think, it was just flagging ratings. Like, it doesn't seem like it was too expensive to do. Yeah. The time travel well, was... with the music, you guys With the music. It's certainly on DVD it was an issue, but, but like... Uh, like, it wasn't really, it was a sci-fi show, but it wasn't effects heavy. In fact, the jumps mm-hmm. look really terrible. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cheesy. <laughs> when he, when yeah. he jumps, like, there's that kind of... Early, early 2000s CGI ripple effect and a flash of blue light. <laughs> and when Moon Bloodgood jumps, it's yellow light. So she gets her own color. <laughs> uh, when you travel a different direction, light changes color. Yeah. Just for her name. I, I honestly <laughs> think it was killed by, at least partially by its time slot. CSI Miami mm. was a monster. Yeah. And again, I think getting... Heroes was... The first season of Heroes was a big fucking deal. Yeah, I remember. Heroes was, A, the first season was great. It was derivative, but it was really great. Mm -hmm. Uh, And everyone was like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what happens next on Heroes. Literally, first episode of season two of Heroes sucked. (laughs) And you could tell right away, none of this works anymore. You did not think out what you were going to do with season two. (laughs) Why why is Greg Grunberg and Mohinder living together and have a daughter? None of this makes sense. (laughs) Heroes was interesting because they actually did think of what they were going to do for season two. And the showrunners, ideas were nixed by the network. Yeah, they wanted to completely change the cast yeah, of the show and follow new do, characters. Oh, yeah, it was going to be it was going to be the same thing again just with a new cast all but discovering their new powers. As we discover time and time again on this show, networks have no idea what they're doing when it comes to creative so they decisions wanted like all this. of the same characters yeah. back. Yeah. Like people, people like Adrian Pazdar, that's why they come to Heroes. Yeah. No, they didn't give a shit about Adrian. If they gave a shit about Adrian Pazdar, profit would still be on. No. <laughs> They care about the stuff that we're doing. Like we're creative. Yeah. To sit- okay, they fine. just want to keep pressing the button, the yeah. money button, yeah. and they yeah. think yeah. that if you just Simple keep it formula. the same, yeah. then the thing I'll never get yeah. over. And t- I, I, I don't just, think they did it in Journeyman, yeah. but I'll never get over why networks do this. Air episodes out of order. Yeah, especially yeah, in the modern day. Sure. Why do you keep doing that? That well, never and works. It, and especially now when shows are less and less episodic than yeah. they've ever been. And I feel like. There's a lot of showrunners, and I'm not sure if the studio has this or if the creators do this, where they're setting up this TV show that actually has a really good episodic premise. Journeyman has a great episodic premise. He has a case of the week. Basically. He goes back in time and helps one person. Mm-hmm. And it's the personal drama that keeps it sort of one gigantic right, story. story. Yeah, you come back. And you, the reason to come back, if, oh, next yeah. episode looks stupid, yeah, I still want to find out what happens with his family. And like, I'm invested. I, I'm not sure if the creators of the show are trying to turn it into something that's a lot more broad and have these big arcs, and it's the networks that are pushing the episodic stuff, or the other way around. If the creator is saying, hey, we have this great case of the week type show, 
and the studio is saying, yeah, but we need more drama, so add these bigger arcs to it. Uh, whoever's doing it, we're, stop. We're, 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 stop it. We're meeting in the <laughs> middle, and we're having something like Journeyman, which at its weakest moments is neither fish nor fowl. Well, I think it's not as bad as what we saw in Alcatraz, where Alcatraz yeah. was really trying to be a villain of the week show and pursue this big mystery, and both things got fucked. Yeah, they, they fa- both yeah. fail as a result. I think Journeyman is at least somewhat effective on both levels. Yeah, I think the, imp- Journeyman, way more than Alcatraz, yeah. is tying together these two elements really, really strongly. But the thing that I liked about it was the episodic stuff, and I mm. wished that they had spent more time doing cases of the week and only occasionally visiting the bigger dramas, and I think it would have been a stronger show as a result. But I have no uh, fingers on any pulses. Yeah, you don't not. <laughs> my taste is terrible. Well, it's not I terrible. Think my, my, uh, my ideas would probably just have gotten well, the show. What I, what I think is after. interesting is as we do more of this show is that it seems increasingly clear mm. that I, I am a television development executive from the 2000s, and he's a television development executive from the 1980s. More or less, yeah. <laughs> like He wants every show to be more like MacGyver, and mm. I want every show to be more like, I don't know, Journeyman. So there you go. <laughs> Um, more, more like I don't know what was the big big hit the lost kind of, lo- the one that like the big arc was the important thing that everyone was 24 going to. like you couldn't skip an episode 24, 24 yeah. oh yeah definitely oh, yeah. 24, 24 was a big one I'm, I'm the creator of MacGyver and you're the creator of 24 I'm fine with that that's great I don't mind either <laughs> that's totally awesome <laughs> woo we're, we're great Brianne what did you create um, let's see. I created Saved by the Bell. Nice. <laughs> well done. Well done. Disappointed well by done. that episode well in which Zach tried to become a Native American. That was a, that was an awkward episode. Mm, Other wake, than that, great show. I wake up. Every, <laughs> I wake up every, I wake up every morning, and the alarm gives out a warning. Nobody ever called their alarm clock the alarm. I'm sorry. I'll modem that to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, everybody, cancel too soon. Thank you so much for joining us. I had a lot of fun talking about Journeyman. Thank you for joining us, Ms. Brianne Chandler. Thanks for having me. Brianne Chandler, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me all day, every day on Twitter, at Miss Movies. You can also find me on MissMovies.net. I do some writing there. Ooh, what do you know? Uh, and you can find all my stuff, like my YouTube channel on there as well, which is YouTube.com slash Movies. And you are on the Schmodown as well, we have. I'm on the Schmodown. We have yet to face off directly, but it's only a matter of time. Is it? I don't. Know. I don't. Think <laughs> it is, but, uh... I got knocked out of the top ten this last week. I I, I, I'm down. Oh. I lost to Christian. I'm at I'm at a two two streak. I am not doing good. But isn't Christian the creator of the show? Yes. I, I, I sense something. No, 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 no. A lot of there's a lot of conspiracy theory bullshit mm. going on right now. That's not true. You at should all. play that as up someone on the show. that knows both yeah. sides of the show because yeah. I did write for the show like years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when it first started, um, I can tell you that. There's there's nothing fishy there. No. And if there's I thought no, there no, was, no, I wouldn't there, be a part of it. There wouldn't be. And I, I know Christian, he's a decent guy. I, I do not want to let that narrative profligate. That is bullshit. <laughs> I would never be a part of it. I thought that was the case. But uh, Christian, it turns out, is just very good at trivia. He is, actually. Yeah, and I give him a lot of credit. So uh, he, he won fair and square. I just get to bitch about it because I lost. Um, okay, so uh, that's Miss Movies. Whitney, where can people find you? Uh, I'm also on the, the tweets. Uh, my Twitter is completely meaningless, but uh, it is at Whitney Seibold. But um, I'll share it with you still. Well, yes. Sure. <laughs> because Whitney has no idea how Twitter works. Watch his Twitter feed sometime. It's links to his stuff and the most random shit you've ever heard. <laughs> it's like, oh no, I ate too many cats again. I don't know what whatever weird Are you crap out? passes through my head. Just about. No, don't ever compare me to Al. Don't ever do that. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm, but, uh, but we're yeah. also at Cancelled Cast uh, on yeah. Twitter, this show. Uh, <laughs> and I'm in charge of that, Whitney. No, I'm, no, actually, he's in charge of the Twitter account. <laughs> okay, I am in charge of the Cancelled Cast. Uh, yeah, we're at Cancelled Cast. Uh, we're also on Facebook.com slash Cancel Too Soon. Cancel with one L. Uh, we're also on patreon.com slash cancel too soon. Uh, we have a, a lot of people subscribed already. We thank you so much. You're yeah, helping the show. Thank you dear subscribers. Subscribers get all kind of, kinds of nifty stuff. So yeah. uh, you get uh, t-shirts and extra bonus content and videos yeah, of us. We're doing the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie. We're uh, we're having a uh, poll on Patreon right now to help us pick our next Cancel Too Soon monthly movie. It's TV movies. You have to be a Patreon subscriber in order to get that content. This month we reviewed Karate Dog. Next month there's a whole bunch of Sleaze that we're going through. Mother, right, may I sleep with danger? That's you guys gonna the, watch that? Eventually, <laughs> yes. Eventually, yes. We and that are. Fred Savage one where he like uh, he abuses uh, uh, Candace Cameron. Yeah, that. Wow, one. I didn't know that oh, one. God, <laughs> yeah. oh, that was out of my head. Right yeah, now, the, right now, the the movie that is oh, running the away, that one. the TV movie that is running away with the poll right now uh-huh. is called "Someone I Touched," in which Cloris uh-huh. Leachman gets syphilis and sings a song about syphilis. Yeah, that's gonna be great. I'm kind of upset it's not Child of Rage. I really we'll want get to get the Child of Rage, Rage eventually. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's uh, Patreon.com/slash. Canceled too soon. Thank you so much to everyone who subscribed. You really are awesome and the best. If you can't afford to help us out, that's totally fine, too. These episodes will always be for free. If you want to give us a review on Stitcher or iTunes, that would be really, really great. And uh, you can subscribe on Patreon, and we have tiers. There's $5, 10 and $20 levels. Mm. But they can just donate like fifty cents a month if, if they, they wanted want to. to. Yeah. yeah, and and we do have a couple of people who are just donating what they can. Yeah. And honestly, in a, in a way, that's that actually means a little more to us that you're just donating whatever you can afford. That's just really cool funsies. of you. Thank you so much. The movie is called No One Would Tell. No one would tell. <laughs> We're going to do No One Would Tell. <laughs> we have for to what do what no year one is that? Nineteen ninety six. I'm writing it down. We'll get to it at some point. I, what I'm trying to find uh-huh. is the Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island, which is mysteriously not available. You can get on VHS. All also They're from 96 is another one starring Candace Cameron. She, she cried no. <laughs> oh, with Zach from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> oh, and Candace. Jenna Von Oy Paul Gosselaar. That's going to be a double feature. We're going to have to do that. Thank you so much. You should come back for those. Oh, great. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, there's, so. there's all sorts of wonderful things, and uh, all, all of your support, just by listening, yeah. you're, you're in, enabling us to do some really weird crap here, and we really appreciate uh, everything you, that you do, all of the this is one of the you've been giving This is us. one of the great treasures of my week, even when we have to watch real crap. Uh, next week on Cancel Too Soon, we're actually... A bit of flux as you're going out of town. We're trying to figure out when to schedule it. Yeah. Uh, at the plan right now is to do the TV, uh, to do the sitcom mm-hmm. based on the Ron Howard kind of racist movie Gung Ho. Gun- yeah, remember Gung Ho? Yeah, oh, but yeah, a bunch to, of Japanese people who open, buy an American car plant open, and open a car company and, and, and Japanese people and Americans are different. Japanese people are really weird. Have you noticed that, Ron what? Howard? Yeah. Thanks, Ron Howard. Okay, so they turned that into a television <laughs> not, series starring all, Scott Bakula. Not all of his films are classics, guys. So uh, <laughs> we will we will hopefully get to that next week. If not, we might have to switch it up a bit, but we'll get to that real, real soon. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening to Cancel Too Soon. We'll be back real, real soon. And that's a wrap, everybody. We'll see you next season. <laughs>